0: now, and I'm with Eugene Cappen. I got to it right. hi Eugene Cappen. <laughs> um, we were talking about somebody getting your name wrong. Cause there's no excuse for that. Is there, but it's really good to, to have you here. How's it going today? Uh, I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good. I love your background by the way, which, which people can't see, would you, would you mind if I uh, described it? Uh, go for it. It's a sexy black curtain, and um, and yeah, absolutely. It's like a sort of magician's uh, man cave with a white chair to, to contrast with it. So I like that a lot. People Thank notice you. these things.
1: It's like it, so. Is there a, a video version of this? Yes, the company. Okay, so so this is just like I'll, I'll I'll do this. This is just like a hanging section to like the rest of our studio. Love it.
0: Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Oh, fantastic and nice whiteboard as well for ideas, I like that. <laughs> really good. Um, okay, so uh, I'll uh, sort of summarize um, how, you're, how you describe yourself and, and you can tell me how representative this is, if, if that's okay. So I mean, think one well, main thing is that you describe yourself as a social media futurist, and we'll unpack that later on because I, I love that phrase anyway. And um, you're uh, about using technology, at, um, this is at the forefront of what you do, and you've been involved in uh, YouTube studios and so on. And you've been involved in, in, in social media, of course, um, but you also produced a journey VR film and uh, the film became an official selection at a SIF and a staff pick by Adobe and V E R, uh, and the number one 360 degree uh, download, I'm reading this now, 360 degree video download on Steam for 30 days. Um, and now you're involved in a VR talk show, which is doing extremely well. So, so much here that, that um, interests me. Um, what shall we start with? Would you like to start with um, the VR talk show? Because that, that's fascinating.
1: Yeah, we can, we can start with that. Or we can talk about my uh, my very unique bachelor's degree that, oh, yeah, um, that. that I'm sure nobody else has. Yeah. Uh, yeah so okay. I went to... Um, in, in terms of forward-thinking education, I enrolled myself into Evergreen States, which is basically the most liberal college in North America. It's actually in Olympia, Washington, uh, United States. Um, we had other very noticeable personalities come out of this college, such as Matt Groen, who created The Simpsons, and the pop artist Macklemore. Oh, okay. Uh, so basically this is a college that if you want to pursue something truly unique um, and you are, are have very liberal sensibilities this is the college for you um i wanted a bachelor's degree in youtube studies okay and i graduated in 2014 from the college with my bachelor's in liberal arts with an emphasis on youtube studies um, and they, they have a very unique grading system that I'm actually I I completely am in support of. They don't do grades. Mm-hmm. And to that, a lot of people see that as like a, a way out of like the traditional education system. But what you get in return is a very detailed evaluation by your college professor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like and that. so and and it does it does give you a lot more backstory than just looking at a, a grading chart to be like, oh, you got a 3.8, that's great. Hmm. But when you look at the details coming from those college professors, it's it's like, hey, this person excels at public speaking, but they need to work on the psychology methodology of their focus. Hmm. Or, or they, they excelled extremely well in the After Effects, VFX, and motion design portion of the course, but they didn't do too well in the advanced physics portion of the course right so well, it yeah good. so it, it goes into details and it very much lists your your strengths and your weaknesses over a general grade
0: mm. that's that's so cool because obviously you know obsessing over a grade can be quite limiting can't it it can be mm-hmm. uh, it can set you back i think too so that, that, that's so good for your development Um, Do you mind if I ask you, you know, given that you did specialize in YouTube and that was Mm -hmm. 2014, um, the landscape has changed considerably, but but what's still relevant, do you think, that springs to mind for you?
1: So I I think high value content Mm -hmm. as far as like trying. So when when anybody declares themselves as wanting to be like uh, an internet personality or a professional YouTuber, uh, you have to understand that it's a very long journey uh, in in terms of, of making it, so to speak. And if you don't have a decade to dedicate to learning the craft, knowing that you're probably not going to get a paycheck from YouTube AdSense or any sort of financial compensation for a decade, it's probably left to be a hobby, if mm. anything. Mm. In the very early days of YouTube, uh, nobody knew what it was. I mean, it, it was just people creating their, their own TV shows or, or, or web series um, based on their own merits versus getting major financial backing by VCs or uh, television stations, uh, larger you know production companies basically backing those shows. Mm. And what's interesting to me is you have all these shows now that are basically self-produced. That and some of them are getting more views than the primetime shows, which is fantastic. It's it's this incredible shift. Mm. And the things that have always stayed the same is you're always going to have people being talking heads. You're always going to have you know people dedicating their their speciality to becoming uh, the celebrity version of whatever their niche is. Mm. Like myself, I I went in originally um, working at a YouTube consulting agency outside of college, uh, which, so I got to work on YouTube channels that had anywhere between uh, 500,000 subscribers to like 4 million subscribers at the time. And I I, I think the shift in that itself is, um, I think 360 video is incredibly underrated as far as on the YouTube platform. And I feel like every couple of years we get that like new wave of blood coming in who are like, we're going to redefine, you know, what it means to be a YouTuber and then you get more of the same.
0: Okay. Um, I mean, you've mentioned before the, you know, the, the, the ongoing, the enduring importance of great content, of course, mm-hmm. but surely the, the notion of what constitutes great content has changed quite a lot over, over the last um, six years.
1: I, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I don't. Uh, so Basically, when you create content on YouTube, you're stuck in one of two camps. Uh, you either have escapism, which is the entertainment value of a YouTube channel, or you have value, which is you're getting something out of it. Whether it's uh, emotional support, it's education based. You're using it to, you know, better your your resume or you know look, pick up or learn a new skill. And at the very bottom, that's that's what it comes down to. That's what you're boiling that sort of content down to. Now, as far as getting the millions of views, the millions of subscribers, uh, that usually stems from, producing a lot of work such as, you know, you're gonna to wanna to make a thousand videos of, you know, teaching the same sort of thing, or you're going to w- build what I like to call high effort content. And that's where you get guys like Mr. Beast, where it's like, hey, we're building the world's largest Snickers bar, or last one to leave the island gets the island. Right. And then so that that circles back to that entertainment value
0: okay oh, fantastic um i mean, what I, I work with uh, with with teachers i work in education what advice would you give to those many teachers who want to you know usually young teachers who want to make it on youtube they want to offer something of value on, on youtube
1: um i would probably take a look at the creator success pyramid um which basically goes um in several different tiers where you have your generalists or in in this case your hobbyist which is just you're creating videos for fun. You're learning the process. You're learning how what the difference between the quality of a webcam and a dedicated DSLR camera is. Or you're learning what's the difference between a, a little lav mic and a, a, like a blue Yeti mic. And that that's really your your long-term process of going, Hey, this the, like I'm not taking any financial compensation from this. This is just my play around time. This is me figuring everything out. And in terms of teaching, that's really what you're probably going to be stuck with because you're you're not looking to build dedicated audiences. Your audience is probably going to be the thirty to one hundred kids in your classroom, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, and, and especially with COVID. Where you're, where what you could do is you could pre-film your classes, take them, and and put them onto YouTube, and then that way, if they need to go back and review something, or they can't make it to a specific class, you can just send them a link, and they get all the same information as if they were actually in your class.
0: Yeah, so so many opportunities, and I think that um, that if it's okay with you. I'd like to talk about how some opportunities have opened up to you since since mm-hmm. covid perhaps and uh, at the same time some have started to shut down so uh, how has it been for you since the uh, lockdown situation
1: started? Uh, i'm gonna be honest uh when covid hit it was extremely extremely rocky for for me my production company uh studio cap'n but with all Difficulty, there comes opportunity, right? And there's one thing I've I've learned about me and and the people I surround myself with is we're all very scrappy, <laughs> and so we um we hired a CTO and we started building out um, virtual reality music experiences. Um, and so we're, we're in the whole process of um, we, we've built our demo products and now we're looking to take them to very specific artists and build those larger, grander shows, which you might not get because, you know, artists aren't touring on because of COVID. Nobody can be in a room past 60 people, which means giant venues like um, for us, that would be like the Tacoma Dome that seats like 70,000 people. Uh, Like those places aren't going to be packed. No one's going to hold shows there. People aren't going out to nightclubs. So what's the alternative? Well, the alternative is to still put on those shows, but bring them to the people. And so my focus has definitely shifted from you know, social media content to virtual reality and and the eventual replacement of the internet to, to the metaverse. Mm. Um, So that's, that's what we're actively creating or basically taking this terrible, terrible situation that we're all unified in and, you know, making the best of it and creating solutions that, that Mm. can not just, you know, help keep my company afloat but can you know bring a real solution to other people who might need it
0: mm, absolutely and, and <clears throat> we're all missing live music so much aren't we and those sort of you know social experiences in general but but uh, well, that could be a really interesting uh, solution as, as you, as you I, could, uh,
1: l- let me ask you this what do you what sort of music do you listen to
0: um well b- because i'm quite old i listen to just about every form of music really i mean i, I like uh, I, there isn't a form of music that i don't like and I think pop, pop, maybe country music. So I don't listen to Okay. Good. I like it.
1: Uh, so, wait. Oh, so wait. Are you like one of those people who likes everything except for country?
0: Yeah. Probably.
1: Yeah. I could be
0: same. I'm not the right people. They could persuade me one day and I'd, I'd be wearing those boots and everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not just jazz,
1: but I, I'll I, I'm quite. totally the same.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, mean that, that, I think the whole notion of genre is sort of pretty much dead, anyway, isn't it? Really, you know, I think that that's how many people live their musical lives, don't they? They they, um, they don't really care about a particular genre or a particular artist. Their playlists and 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 have a very short attention span, and I've become like that in in my old age. You now I, I used to be a, an album type of person. And, what, do you, uh, what
1: do you what do you mean old age? Because I I think you and I are actually pretty close in age. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't assume that you were too much older than me.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Well, who knows? I'm not sure if we should reveal our age on, on this podcast, but uh, let's talk. Um, yeah, but, um, but the, yeah, I, I can see that um, in the absence of, of live music, and in, not just because of COVID, but let's say us much in the post-COVID world, there's still a lot of scope, really, for something a bit more intimate, you know, something, something a bit more, um, I don't know, immersive, really, to, to happen with, with the music industry. And so it's just beyond a a live performance.
1: I I completely agree. And that's why I think uh, VR is a fantastic solution Mm. and not just a solution, but I really think it's the next stage in how music in itself is progressing. Mm. Uh, Did you ever check out the Travis Scott Fortnite uh, event that they had? Didn't, no. Okay. So, but you know what Fortnite is, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay, uh, so for anybody who is listening who doesn't know, uh, Fortnite is this um, battle royale video game that is immensely popular. And a uh, artist by the name of Travis Scott held a concert inside of this video game that it wasn't made as a, as a music venue of any kind. I mean, it's it had one particular purpose and they shifted to throw a show in it. And 12 million people logged in to watch it live. Even though n- there are a ton of really big virtual uh, concerts that have happened, there's clearly an interest in it absolutely, in, in a huge way. And those are just, those 12 million people were just people who actively play this one video game. Think about how many other people are actually out there.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's the eyeball economy, of course, isn't it? You no, know, so there's so many ways you could think about monetizing that, aren't there?
1: Oh yeah, seemingly overnight, we went from a, a gig economy to a live stream economy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where people went from you know teaching classes in person, you know, part time, like maybe you were a dance instructor or a fitness instructor or a yoga instructor or some sort of you know side gig like this mm-hmm. and suddenly you're having to live stream those same classes to you know the people who can't make it into those places into the gym into the dance studio
0: the, economy.
1: Yeah, the, the live stream thing. economy <laughs> yes um
0: so in, in terms of a, a, so we talk about the opportunities for, for the music industry and how you know we're you, not only creating something immersive and entertaining and of value but something that can be extremely um, powerful in terms of virality—that's 12 million views on uh, within Fortnite. incredible. Um, but what about talk shows? Uh, so I'll give you—you uh, know—we'll we'll talk about what you're doing with, with your VR talk mm-hmm. show. But so over in the UK, we have um, we have a guy called Graham Norton who does a, a talk show that you know. Oh, okay. You? Yeah, he okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, since COVID, they've tried different things. They've tried socially distant studios, and they look a bit strange. They've tried um, interviews over Zoom or Skype or whatever, and they just don't really work. And so it's just something has to start happening to make it a bit more entertaining. Um, Step in, (laughs) Eugene Calvin, (laughs) of course. Um, So tell tell us about your um, your your VR talk show uh,
1: so i hosted and created uh, the first in VR talk show to basically ever be sold as if it was a TV show and it ran for three seasons. Uh, we did one season on Altspace, which is now owned by Microsoft, and two seasons on High Fidelity, which was. Um, did you ever play Second Life back in the day? Um,
0: I've, I've entered Second Life. I mean, I didn't really get into it. I just sort of um, wanted to find out what was going on so that I could have a conversation about it, if that makes sense.
1: Okay. So, uh, Philip Rosedale, Lyndon Labs, uh, their whole team, they contacted us when Altspace went under originally. And we. When, it, when I first jumped into virtual reality, there wasn't a lot of people that were actively um, in the space. And because I had come from a background of actively working with big-name YouTubers at, my, at the consulting agency, Press Play, okay. I had one of those verified celebrity uh, Twitter accounts. And I started following everybody in the VR industry I could, and I just happened to follow this guy who was hired at Altspace, to help produce 16 big shows. And some of those shows were like Reggie Watts, uh, Justin Royland, who created this little show called Rick and Bordy. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Silverman, Michael, Sarah, Tim and Eric have a comedy group called Josh. Their very last slot uh, was offered to me. Uh, they were like, hey, do you wanna take a meeting? I said, sure. I jumped into the platform. I was like, this is incredible. Uh, I've never been inside a a social VR platform before. This is great. And they're like, hey, do you want a show? And I said, absolutely. And so uh, a friend of mine had been a radio talk show host, uh, Topher Welsh, and he had co run the, and he was running After Effects Seattle, which was one of the largest motion design user groups in the United States. And because I had come from a motion design VFX background, when I was working on YouTube videos, he saw a lot of the work that I was doing, invited me to uh, come and join that community. And we became really, really good friends. And I was like, buddy, you got to co-host this with me. This would be a great opportunity for you. And that whole first season was just experimental uh, content. Like nobody got paid for it because it was so new. Nobody knew what to do with this. And then I was like calling up every YouTuber that I knew, like, hey, man, you got like a million subscribers. You want to come on to a virtual talk show? And it was such like a novel idea that nobody had heard of it. And they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. That sounds really cool. Right. And then AltSpace went under. And when they went under, we were like, well, what do we do with this show that we produced? This thing that was still very much in its infancy. And that's when Philip Rosedale and his team reached out and they were like, Hey, we really like your show. And to us, they were like, Oh, you probably couldn't afford anybody else on that roster. Right. Uh, We were like, I wouldn't say we're the low hanging fruit, but we probably caught the least out of like everybody you possibly could, you know, bring over. And we were like, Hey, all space is very plug and play with you guys. We're going to need like 60 days of runtime to build avatars and like 3D model sets and and program different elements. And they were like, okay, what's that going to cost? And I threw out a number and they were like, good, done. And I was like, man, I should have asked for more, right? <laughs> uh, so a couple of months go by, Topher and I, we we fly down to Beverly Hills in California, which uh, just happened to be during TwitchCon. And we, we got what were called duplication scans, which is just a really fancy word for, uh, 3D uh, photogrammetry models based on our on our geometry and so we basically got to look like us while doing seasons two and three of this very new show I I, I can't hear you yeah sorry, uh, what, sorry there's lots of,
0: like you there's quite a lot of banging going on around me you see so I actually muted myself for a while oh gotcha um, so this is this is Beyond fascinating, what's um what's next for you in the near future then in terms of the the, the VR? Um... Uh, okay.
1: so right now, um, I'm working on my VR music platform, uh, with my team, mm. and we're starting to pitch it to artists and you know different companies, and we're mm. starting to get to this point where. Mm we're bringing on partners. We're looking for sponsorships. We're, you know, looking to raise, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to finish the development and add new features and, and produce bigger and better shows than, you know, we've seen out there.
0: Mm. Oh, great. When you watch the shows from, from back in the day, you know, for the earlier shows, it'd be like, which I know. Oh, they're, the, oh,
1: they're cringe they're now. Wearing... <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. How do you think you've improved then in, in your presentation style and, and the technical skills as well since, uh, since
1: i probably would have asked for more runtime and more money to produce things um i probably mm, would have okay. found a, a producer right away mm. uh instead of waiting the last minute mm. uh, i think i would have done test runs with my with my guests mm. i think we would have asked for a lar- much much larger marketing budget no. Um, you know, just just little things like that. And then making sure that everybody was inside of the, the platform. They didn't wait till like the last minute to put on the headset and, and be in there. I would probably have them be in there an hour before just to run lines and practice different bits and sketches and games and, you know, run through questions with the guests. Mm, okay
0: yeah Um, um, what about the social media stuff that you you do uh too and is that is that something sort of um complementary or or, or is it something that you yeah
1: yeah so i i think there's really two sides to to me as a um as a social media futurist there's definitely the technology side where i'm actively working and developing different products for the market but there's the other side where i am a Personality. I travel and I, I speak on the subject of social media. Um, I just started up a, a vlog uh, again. So I'm putting out one five minute vlog every single week, where I kind of mix and match entertainment versus education into one. So everybody is equally entertained. But at the same time, they leave, you know, feeling that they got something of value out of watching me. Mm. And I and I, I think that's going to do very, very well in the future for me. Then of course, you know, I'm always part of these um, communities such as the virtual reality Seattle community, the YouTube Seattle creators community, the After Effects Seattle community, you know, the things that I I definitely focus on and, you know, I, I want to be part of those communities and I want to help them grow because in turn, they're going to help me grow. Mm, very good. Um, what's... I mean, before we um,
0: think about wrapping this up, there's just just a couple of things I'd I'd like to ask you about social media. What what, what about some products that you would recommend that help people use social media better? So I'm thinking about things like Sprout Social and things like that. Yeah, uh, so
1: um, it really depends on what kind of social media you're looking to do. mm -hmm. Um, For my company, whenever we need to pre-batch posts, of any kind, I use a product called Socialb.io, and it's um, there's a company called AppSumo, and they basically have lifetime deals for different services, like, like that's their whole business model. So you'll get very early stage companies who need a lot of funding right away. and that people might not want to subscribe to like the monthly fees for their product. And so they'll go, Hey, we have 25,000 copies of our product. You pay 25 to $40, you know, uh, upfront and you get the license forever. And we can't, we won't take it away from you. Versus, you might pay $10 a month forever for that service. And I think keeping an eye on different services that pop up that way is a really good way to find different tools to enhance your social media uh, career. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're on Twitter, I would say check out TweetDeck. If you're reposting, um, Instagram posts from like other people. Uh of course, you know, clipboard is great. Um, uh Regan is a, another great social media application for the smartphone, uh, which allows you to basically hit copy and then you can save it and then you can repost it to your own Instagram feed. And if you're building community posts where people are submitting things. Um, it's a real time saver. And then, of course, you know, just doing your due diligence to create your your video content, which is, you know, you... uh, Have you ever heard of the uh, distribution social media cycle? Uh, Try me. Anybody who watches Gary Vee, or uh, video influencers, you, pr- you probably know this already, uh, where you'll take one piece of long form-based content and then you'll maybe cut it down to the audio, which you'll put on Anchor. And that sends it out to like 10 different podcast platforms. And then you'll take that... Long-form video, and you'll put it onto Facebook and uh, IGTV, and you know Twitter or, or Discord, and then you might like cut it up into like little bits, and you might put it onto Pinterest, and you might write a Medium, a Tumblr, and a Blogger article associated with the video, so it's you know all backlinked, and you know you have your show notes. Um, and so I actually have a on my website, I do have a free download. Uh, for a free ebook that basically goes step by step how to do this process uh, called Get Serious About Social Media. Uh, and anybody can find that on my my website, uh, hightechinfluencer.com. Uh, the other method I would uh, practice is probably batching your video long form content. And that's basically, it, it takes time to set up your camera, to set up your lights, to figure out your backgrounds. And what's the difference between your videos if you're say a talking head? Uh, that might just be like changing your shirt between, you know, different videos, right? Yeah. So you might as well just take one day, create a month of videos, right? And release them over time. And that way you don't feel so stressed all the time to be like, Man, that deadline for the next video is coming up. I should probably jump on that. Yeah. A
0: few months ago on the on the podcast, uh, we had a guy called Dustin Miller on. I don't know if you're familiar with him from uh from social, but uh he was talking about the repurpose app as well. Is it mm-hmm. repurpose.io that quite a lot to repurpose uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, okay
1: yeah oh. So, I mean it's a
0: sort of thing that you were talking about before like you know, as you know Gary V says chop things up into a million pieces and repurpose mm-hmm. them across multiple platforms um, I, haven't, I don't know why but I haven't been watching Gary V's videos for a while I, I don't know why that is I don't know if he's uh, gone quiet or, or because he's not targeting me or, or I don't
1: know I, I think he changed up his, uh, his content uh, not too long ago Right, okay. So originally he was doing like the, the daily V show, um, which was very targeted and he mm-hmm. built up this 2 million person audience. And then he started expanding out. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's probably not as targeted as it used to be. Yeah. I mean, right. like you're, you're probably like me, you watched it for the Gary V show, which was the people call in, he gets his advice or he does an interview with a celebrity. Right. Mm-hmm. And now it's him going to garage sales and trying to flip things. Oh, and like he, he yeah, and or he's doing this show called Comrades and Coffee now, mm. which is basically the Gary B show, but with um several co-hosts mm. versus just himself.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: And and I can understand why he would do that. I mean, if you watch enough of his content, it's the same messages being retold over and over and over. And though Gary Vee is incredibly entertaining, mm-hmm. the messages might get a little stale once you've taken them in, internalized them and, and put them into action. Like, okay, you're like, I, I did the thing that you told everybody to do. You know, what's next, right? Yeah. Oh, same message. Okay, you know, I'm probably gonna not watch for a while until he comes up with something new, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and,
0: what, what, my, what would be your summary of Gary V's content? Mine would be something like... Um, Stop complaining, go ahead and do it, but with a million swear words in the middle
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so patience versus motion mm. is probably the big ones that I take away. the long game i mean when when I was younger, I wanted you know to be like the millionaire c e o you know building you know the next Google, right, and now that I'm a lot older, I'm just like, oh, time for that. <laughs> Yeah. I want to be happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to work on the things that I want to work on uh, with my friends and my my cohorts and, you know, just live my best life. And, and I would want that for anybody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and to be fair to Gary you you just... Uh... That is one of his messages, uh, of course, isn't it? That uh, it's not all about being a billionaire or a millionaire, Mm -hmm. but being happy too. Yeah,
1: I like even though him and I vastly disagree on you know different um, metaverse you know timelines and things like this because we've actually got in it over like Twitter a little bit. Oh, Um, Oh, yeah. So he's he's replied to me on Twitter before. Um, You know, I I still love and respect the guy.
0: oh Okay. I mean, are you okay to summarize this? What is this metaverse beef?
1: Mm. Uh, it's it's basically different timelines. Mm. Um, I, I think we can get there in you know ten years. He thinks it's going to be twenty five to fifty. Right. right. Yeah. Um, do, do I need to go into uh, what the metaverse is?
0: Uh, well, yeah, that that would be really helpful. Okay.
1: Uh, so, anybody who's listening who's never heard the term metaverse, it is the eventual replacement of the internet. Now, I, I don't mean this as it's going to replace the internet all at once. I mean, it's just going to be readily available, and people might start switching over. So, in the social media life cycle, um, you basically what happens is you have a, a new app or a new platform that pops up, and one of two things happens: you either get mass adoption, or it you know burns out and it basically runs out of money and can't operate anymore. Right. So, what happens when it doesn't burn out well you get that mass adoption and then from there a couple of things happen it either becomes too big to fail or a bigger company buys it out so that's where you have like oculus getting bought by facebook or instagram being bought by facebook or vine being bought by twitter right and so once it's purchased if it's not if it's, it's small enough, it'll either become an asset to that company or it'll be, you know, it's hemorrhaging money, we're going to shut it down. And then once it's been, it's gone through its life cycle, um, a new app will show up and they'll be like, hey, do you remember that app everybody was using called Myspace? <laughs> yeah, that, that that was great. But, you know, we're going to try Facebook or, you know, that like old person app, Facebook, you know, yeah, you know, I, I keep it because I want to keep in contact with my grandma, but I'm going to be on TikTok. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's part of it is keeping an eye on different social platforms that happen mm-hmm. um, and then looking to new technologies to eventually replace those older applications. Uh, I think eventually we're going to have enough life cycles that go through where people are going to jump on to virtual reality in a big way.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, last time, I, I know, that, sorry to talk about Gary B so much, but but I know he's been talking quite a lot recently about um, how ads on Facebook and Instagram are undervalued, aren't they? They're, they're underpriced, sorry. You can still get a very good price for advertising space on Instagram, mm-hmm. on Facebook. Uh, what, what would you say to them?
1: Um, I. I would say probably go with um, some award-winning formula if you're going to create advertising on social media platforms. People go to social media platforms. (laughs) Yes, you're probably going to get fed ads at some point, but people go to them for, you know, again, either content or escapism, right? Value or escapism. And your ads should reflect that. And that's why things like influencer marketing are so popular because they have a built-in dedicated audience that pays attention to whatever they say. If you're going to just pitch a product and even even if it's you know an undervalued you know platform as far as buying advertisement on it, it's it doesn't matter unless your advertising is good enough. If you got a crap product and a crap ad, it doesn't matter how cheap the ad is going to be no one's going, you're not going to make your money back. Right. So I I would say, yes, you know, look at places where content is, or, uh, advertising is undervalued, but I would say also focus on making sure that your message and your brand and your delivery is top notch. Mm -hmm. Um, when I think of these things, I, I think of the Harmon brothers uh, are you familiar with them uh harvey brothers uh the harman brothers oh the
0: harman brothers uh, my apologies um harman brothers trying to try that. on now. okay uh
1: they were so in the very earliest um iterations of youtube uh there was a product called oral b mm-hmm. which or the oral b brush which was this like tongue scraper that nobody really thought was like a great product and then they did this amazing youtube video where it's basically a tongue scraper talking about scraping his tongue for like five minutes. Yeah. And it was so entertaining that you're just like, huh, I'm really entertained by this. I, I really, I, I kind of want to try this product now mm. or one of their biggest successes um, is the, uh, this item called squatty potty mm. um, where they delivered it by a prince uh, like a fantasy prince talking about how amazing it is to use this thing to poop, while well, they have a pooping unicorn, uh, basically pooping ice cream and then feeding it to children. <laughs> and it is, it is so hilarious to watch that you're like, I like, I know I bought one.
0: <laughs> when you hear it in words, it sounds extremely messed up, doesn't it? I think.
1: Oh, absolutely. And uh, hearing the, I did watch the. Bu- behind-the-scenes uh, review of, like, the whole process the re- where they were like, yeah, this is, like, a really Christian company that took this product onto Shark Tank at one point, mm. and they just plateaued, and they didn't know how to get more buyers. Right. Because who- who's going to buy more than one of these things, right? Hmm. Uh, so, but when they did the Pooping Unicorn video on YouTube, which was, you know, entertaining while providing... Um, some level of value because they were trying to sell you a health product, basically. It's one to watch. It's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely something to watch. Mm. And I, I believe their, uh, their sales actually tenfolded after that video. Mm. Mm. Like they sold 10 times what they were selling. They went from, uh, what was it like a 1 million to a $10 million business in a year. Mm. My goodness. Well,
0: they deserve it as i can say but think about an idea that's so
1: out there it's it's incredible Um, i i think that's the way that you know all content should be delivered yeah like like you don't know it's an ad because you're so entertained
0: Mm. yeah definitely and uh, um it's about stopping stopping thumbs moving isn't it really this this sort of kinetic stuff where it's sort of scrolling 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 mindlessly and then stop that to, to actually achieve that in the, in, in 2020 and um, it's an incredible uh, achievement so anybody who can do that um, with those crazy ideas as well deserves that's a great deal of credit <laughs> 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 they
1: really do i i i know it's super super hard to replicate and mm. unless you are a professional comedy writer i would suggest finding one to help you with your copy because mm. they're worth the money.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it's it, it's just got to feel real, feel spontaneous, and so it, it can't feel so going to be the next, you know, crazy output that's uh, that, that took everyone's attention. So um, yeah, and a lot of people don't want to invest, do they, in in copywriters, uh, for example, or comedy writers? And uh, no,
1: they they want to do it themselves to save yeah. a buck, but then they don't. So in one of my most recent vlogs, uh, I talk about. Um, this methodology called low efforts, high efficiency. And it's basically like if you can hire somebody to take your workload off of you while you use them to make more money in the long run, you absolutely should do it. And I I go into the vlog by talking about like my health journey. Um, I was uh, diagnosed with a mass in my leg um, about a year ago. And so I couldn't run for two or three years. And then I couldn't walk for three months up until having the mass removed. And we actually thought I might have cancer. And because I wasn't able to be as active as I probably should have, you know, I started gaining weight. And I look back at this video of myself on the Twitch stage live, which is the Twitch's Twitch channel, like Mm. very big deal. And I am chunky. I'm a big guy. And I looked and I was like, man, what what was I not doing? I wasn't taking care of myself. And so I thought, okay, how do how do I want to lose this weight? Well, I can spend hours and hours and hours figuring out, you know, what the best exercises are, um, how to do calorie counting, you know, how to, you know, basically break down. And I would the idea is pro- I could probably spend 10, 15 hours figuring out all of these things, Mm -hmm. or I can spend $50 and buy a course on like called like six week shred, which is the one I bought. And I went through the program and night and day, you know, looks so much better than than I did prior to going through the the course. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, I saved myself a bunch of time and bunch of money because Mm -hmm. I just straight up bought that app. And by buying a service or or an item to better utilize your time is, is something I'm completely in supportive. Mm. Uh, going back to like the squatty potty, if that's gonna cut your time in the bathroom by half, I mean, <laughs> why not, right? That's worth the. Uh, that's worth especially like if you calculate it over a full year. Yeah, I mean, that's that's. Don't <laughs> <wanting>. to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you're spending so much time just pooping. Yes. Versus like actually going out and being productive. Yeah. So I mean, it's that's worth the twenty four ninety five or however they cost. <laughs>
0: really oh, my goodness, yeah. Well, I, I was going to say thank you so much for coming, but I really can't end this on that, can I? I mean, that that, that would just be a. <laughs> <laughs> not the best place to end up. Uh,
1: how, how do you want to, how do you want to end this?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You need to end it somewhere a bit more appropriate, don't we? I think so. Um, yeah. So, well, one thing I'd, I, if I had a, more, a lot more time, I'd, I'd um, ask you a bit more about um, you know, the, the content that we're exposed to, you know, when you're scrolling through um, social media on your phone or whatever, what really inspires you and what really irritates
1: you? Um, I get irritated by self-proclaimed gurus who just spit the same jargon from everywhere else all the time. Or, you know, those like uh, live, laugh, love signs Mm. that, you know, all middle-aged women happen to have in their house while they're drinking their wine. (laughs) Like stuff like that irritates me because it's so like you might – Other people might be inspired, but I feel like it's so disingenuous Mm. and it's 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 just copying and stealing and regurgitating the same stuff without ever actually trying to live that truth. Mm. And so the stuff that inspires me are actually the people around me and the people I choose to associate with. Mm. Um, I I love being around other people who who have the same mission, who are constantly creating new ways and who are trying to actively innovate. Mm. Mm. Like if you feel like you're one of those people, you should be surrounding yourself by other people who... Mm are trying to do the same thing because you're going to influence them and they're going to influence you. Yeah.
0: And and people who praise you as well, which is really important. Um, Please tell me if I'm a bad person, uh, Eugene. And what irritates me when I'm on social media is um, when I see people's profile picture and they're facing Facing away from the camera, and they're looking. Oh, like at like the. Well, maybe even just, just like maybe with the, with the back of their head, and they're looking across like some beautiful landscape or something like that. But you can't even see their face. That worries me. I I, I worry about their self esteem. Am I overthinking it?
1: uh Do you Do you feel like they're projecting an image that's better than the reality that they actually have?
0: Exactly. Yeah. It just says to me, do you know, forget about me. I don't really count. What counts is this mountain.
1: I. So I. I think if it's part of your brand and and that's part of the image that you're trying to like sell to people Mm -hmm. to inspire them, I guess. Yeah. I I guess that's not bad but if you post nothing but like <coughs> hey I'm on a private jet you know check this out and then somebody catches you drop you know flying commercial that same day after you post that selfie mm. um, which was a real thing a lot of celebrities like professional social media influencers yeah. um, get caught doing I'm
0: um
1: you know that I'm like I, I can't take you seriously mm. if I'm flying coach I'm flying coach and that's the selfie you're getting mm-hmm. right yeah, like like, like I'm I'm like if I'm hanging out with like a, a, a well-known celebrity and we're actually having a conversation and I ask for that selfie, awesome. Mm. But if it's just somebody I'm saying hi to for like two seconds mm. and you know I'm not actually excited to meet, I'm not gonna ask for that selfie.
0: I mean to, to an extent, you know, being real is as important on social media as it is in, in, a, in the in real world, isn't it? You know, you could, yeah,
1: I I I think it's really important, especially with younger kids who haven't been like through the ringer and don't know what's real and what's fake yet. Um, I mean, our our generation built, you know, social media, right? Like we built the uh, churning machine of trying to create wealth out of nothing or renting Lamborghinis and, you know, saying, you know, this is because of my business. And I'm like, no, you rented that, man. That's, that's not real. That's you're, you're projecting a a false image of yourself. That's not real. You're going to get called out on it in the long run. I also get irritated by like 14 year old kids who like flip a pair of shoes that they found at Goodwill and then put CEO in their, in their bio (laughs) <laughs> which is a very real thing because i get hit up by those kids Oh, dear. going hey do you want to collaborate i'm like no buddy i don't <laughs> uh uh good luck on your journey like yeah. i have i have so much more respect for the kid who's like hey i mowed lawns all summer to save up for my first vr headset can you take five minutes and give me some recommendations
0: mm.
1: I, I like I mean, you like role. absolutely get half-life alex get beat saber man
0: <laughs> well, i like good luck in you on your journey i'm going to use that one couldn't it? So with you okay if i steal that next time next Let's time go. i
1: i i think i actually stole that from you <laughs>
0: <laughs> good luck in your journey oh mm. well, um thank you so i'm, I'm, I'm i can't uh I've enjoyed this so much, I mean, I can't wait to go back and listen to it. To be honest, um, Eugene, I've, I've really, really enjoyed this, and you've, you've uh, provided so much value to people. So um, I thank you immensely for that. So um, yeah, um, and we'll, we'll stay in touch, and, and 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 the best of luck to you. I'll see you. Good luck in your journey. Entirely <laughs> <You're looking laughs> different,
1: but uh, we'll talk again soon. Absolutely, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing how this uh, this podcast came out. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, you take care and um, yeah, look after yourself, and we'll speak soon, I shall stop recording right now.